previously on Attempted Adventure. I'm Talos. I am the Guardian of Time. And this watch is the key to the loom. In front of you, you see a large pinkish crystal. The side you're on is jagged and cracked. Four of the guardians who are material bound came to crack the crystal apart and take the shard. Populous, Ecreve, Echo, and the Secret Keeper. The gods aren't listening. Like, well before any of this, they stopped caring almost entirely. If you turn the crystal on, it's not a guarantee that the gods are going to start doing the jobs again. My job is to ensure that you do not know the things that you know right now and stop the spread of this information that will ultimately lead to the destruction of the celestial plane. And you see the lines between the pieces of the crystal disintegrate and you are staring at one large crystal unscathed. Her pocket watch clicks together perfectly. I bet we can get back into the loom at least now. You find yourself standing on a grassy plane and in the center of the scene is a man tangled in bright red thread that holds him suspended above the ground between an unmoving spinning wheel and a motionless loom. He is a much, much older Goliard. We have a finite amount of time to kind of fix the situation too, because if I start spinning, it's going to keep going into the tangle. What happens when we get to the end of the rope as it is? Time stops progressing. People stop existing. I unfortunately think that this is beyond my abilities. Who has the abilities? The god of time. Tempest. They live in an idiom. I'm very frustrated. I wish I could just go talk to my Tempest myself and- And she's gone. I wish I could talk to Tempest and I put my hand on the crystal. Billy's gone. Google. I like disappears. I wish I was with- Tempest. Tempest. Are you ready to give it a try? You kind of hear your surroundings before you see them come in. You hear the crashing of waves on a beach and you smell the salty smell pricking at your nose of ocean water uh, before you find yourself sitting at a picnic table on the Dragon Coast. Most of the buildings in the distance seem hazy and much farther away than you remember them being from the beach. And you kind of find yourself with no desire or willpower to stand up. But as you look around, you kind of realize you are sitting across from an old friend. And she leans over the table at you and kind of tips her glass of wine at you before taking a sip. And she says, it's been a while. Uh, I uh, 
I didn't think that I would be talking to you so soon after you left, but I'm really glad to see you, Isla. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> you got another glass of wine? Yeah, and you see a glass of wine appear and fills up in front of you. Cheers. She cheerses with you. Okay, what are you doing here? I don't, I don't know. I guess that's kind of up to you to um, figure out. I, uh, I'm just here. I'm gonna, I guess we're just gonna talk. We're gonna have it out. We're gonna chat. Is that all right with you? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, you kind of you seem like you, you've got a good head on your shoulders to me. I flip my hair. I try. <laughs> you're pretty, you're pretty level-headed is what I mean. And, um, I, I myself have been through times where I do not think of the consequences. Like before. when you were killing your husband? Like when I was killing my husband, right. yeah. I did not think of the consequences before I took that action. But then, you know, I lived through them, and I guess I, guess I would say that if I had to do it again, I would do it again knowing, knowing exactly what I would go through afterwards. Okay. Fair. You seem to be doing all right for yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, I got the farm. I got all those lovely folks who work at it. You know, one of them, I just gave her maternity leave. It's my first time having to do it, but Aww. she's having a kid. It's great. It's wonderful. I feel like an aunt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I guess I gotta ask you, knowing that Elfie lied to you for, your enti- every, for every moment you knew him, you don't have... You don't have any regrets about that? What did he lie about? Isla, he was a warlock. He told you he was a wizard. He was at school to be a wizard, but he was a warlock. He was actively recruiting people to a woman who steals souls. Everybody makes mistakes. Do you... Do you not feel like just sort of blindly accepting those things puts you in the seat of blame for the people who are directly affected by them all the people Alfie didn't get taken until years after your marriage for not paying his dues how many people is that that he recruited are you not directly liable I guess I didn't think of it like that and that kind of begs the question how many other how many other things are you liable for that you just didn't think about it like that I mean I had no idea I if I had known maybe things would have been different and I could have done something but no, I'm not going to accept another man's issues <laughs> as my own, Marguerite. It's, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. I guess what I'm asking is, knowing that now, knowing how many people have suffered because of whether we say that your direct actions or not, I, I just want to know, do you, would you make the same choices? Like, say, when you, let's put it, let's take it back a step. When you brought JP into the Spider Forest on your way to Markon Kingsland for the first time, 
and he got nearly dead like he almost died and that was directly your fault would you do it again that same way really think of the outcome of that whole situation I do the best with what I'm given at that moment. And if I could have changed that, I would have. But also, JP and I are just fine. All right. I guess I'm just trying to think, like, weighing, weighing the consequences versus the goal because you had a goal that day did you not mm -hmm. would you say that jp's hardships all the people who were harmed because of alfie's misgivings given where you stand now and the things that have been fixed that way or the things that may or may not be fixed that way does it outweigh it all the outcome that you're really reaching for can i have a perception check on her sure oh no uh, net 20. She's Marguerite. Okay. But she is... I don't, I don't know how to say this other than more pristine than you know more Marguerite to be. She doesn't have as many fine lines on her face. Her hair is really silky and pulled back. When last time you saw her, it was frizzy and down. Mm -hmm. And she just looks... She, Real? She looks like an ethereal version. Mm-hmm. Marguerite, did you die? Oh, no, sweetheart, I'm just fine. You're still kicking. I'm still kicking. Yeah. You can't. You can't put this horse down. <laughs> okay. You cannot can't turn this horse into glow. Can't turn this horse into glow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. I always want the best outcome, but everything I've done has been for the greater good. And those people just sort of fall by the wayside. No. But we're trying to fix time. Mm -hmm. without us there wouldn't literally we all would have died I guess that's true yeah I suppose uh, I suppose there are always consequences to our actions and all we can do is be aware of them feel remorse and do our best to not let as many consequences occur as we move forward oh, I have extreme anxiety <laughs> oh honey you, know? you and me both yeah. and she tosses back her drink yeah and she says, um, well, listen, sweetie, I think you're just going to be, you're just going to be just fine. And, uh, I really wish you all the best. And, uh, I hope you come and see me soon. I will. Uh, and. I hope the, it's less tense <laughs> next time I see you. Yeah, you know, I won't be interrogating you the next time. No, right. Uh, and the gentle, like, wash of waves closes out in the distance, uh, as she sips off the rest of her drink, and you disappear once again. So, 
you hear the gentle rustle of wind through the trees and smell like a crisp autumn on the breeze before your senses kind of come all the way to you and you find yourself sitting at a crate, like using it as a table in what you now recognize as the crater where Morgan's house once stood. And kind of looking around, you come back and you see that you are actually sitting across from Talos. Hello again. Hi. Where'd you go? How were your travels? Not good. Sorry to hear that. It's okay. I feel bad. Am I still like injured from mm-hmm. the arena? Um, okay. Is there anything on the crate? No. Most of the debris seems to have been cleared, maybe looted or something like that. Right now it's just you two, this crate, and this crater. We're like on the floor, like on the ground, sitting down. Yeah. Um, I look around. Is there anything else? Nope. Just trees. No spiders. Well, that's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind. Uh, the trees have turned a, a kind of deep orange yeah. color now. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know where we were. Yeah, I don't... I I really wouldn't have expected you to. Uh, and you, now you see she's pushing a plate of cheese, like almost like a little charcuterie plate between you two. And she says, if you need... You, you can, you know, re-up your energy. Where did that come from? I, I brought it for you. I thought you might be hungry. You just had cheese, honey? You know what? Never mind. And I take a piece. Yeah. And I sniff it, and I inspect it for a minute first. It smells like a nice, like, smoked gruyere. Mm, take a little bite. Oh, it's delicious. Nice. It's awesome. I, I, I'm nibbling on yeah. my cheese. It is applewood smoked. It's amazing. <laughs> um... So what is this? You are actually God? No. Um, I just thought we could have a little heart-to-heart. We don't get to talk much. Indeed. The viewer cannot see how much I'm narrowing my eyes <laughs> at Jamie right now. You are at me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You want to talk? Talk. I always wondered why we could never seem to get along. You know, mostly because I'm an asshole. Okay, so you do recognize that. I'm an asshole. I'm not an idiot. See, even in admitting your shortcomings, you still throw insults. That was not an insult. Well, you insi- I have insulted you, you before. You know this was not an insult. You did just insinuate that I called you stupid, which I didn't. Hmm. I'm just I guess I'm just wondering to me, it always seemed like you explicitly didn't like me because you treated me poorly. And that got me wondering, do you do you recognize that this is a behavioral pattern? And do you, do you care about the consequences? 
what are the consequences? Some people like me, some people do not. Yeah, but they're hurt. They walk away with a sort of very negative feeling. They wa- Some people walk away with a negative feeling of themselves. Some people are, like we just saw in Glarwick, cast out of their communities. And the best you can do is say, oh, I turned you into one of the best fighters of this generation. That's all well and good. But can she ever go back and see her family? What if she wanted to have kids? Now, hold on. This was not just me. This was an activity we participated in. They made decisions as I did. That's true. Their actions also had consequences. But they were the only ones there to rectify those because you dipped. I guess I'm just asking... It seems to me that you are the only one you care about. And here now, after everything we've gone through together, I'm just wondering why that facade still hasn't dropped. If I am the only one I care about, I've been doing a shit job. Why am I here if I only care about me? I've been dragged through hell and back and then back and then back and then back for, I'm going to guess, like four months now. I I had many opportunities to leave. So let me ask you, plain as day, why did you go through all of that? Like, what's in it for you at the end of the day? Call it... Penance. You think that this is your... This is your sentence for everything you've been through, or that you are trying to make up for the many mistakes you've made in the past, as everybody has. Perhaps both. So, I guess that is. Does that mean that you're saying that you're. I'm having a hard time kind of gauging whether that means that your best interest is no longer your motivate, your only motivation. Are you doing this because you are trying to make yourself feel better for the many mistakes you've made or because you are trying to put some good back out into the world because you know the mistakes you've made? Talos, I suppose a little bit of both. A little bit of the selfish desire for everything to be back as it was and move on. I think everybody likes, would like to see the comfort of things going back to the way they were. Myself included. Though I will miss cheese. And she takes a bite of a piece of cheese off the plate. Well, you don't have to miss it. That's true, I guess. Now that I know I can come down whenever I want, I could retrieve the cheese. Is that what we discovered? You can come and go freely? This is new. Well, we just did it ourselves. We went to the loom and we came back from the loom. Was that the loom where I was just now? Oh, the thing you just did? That wasn't the loom. Don't put that on me. No. I guess, so... I would like to say... Though I know that you are, you have my best interest in mind, 
because you have the best interest of all material beings. I just wanted you to know where I was coming from and that I hope that we are friends, but I never really know. Because I don't have friends, JP, and this is the closest I've ever gotten to experiencing what it's like to have a friends and family kind of circle. And the fact that you are part of that and that you have helped me is so near and dear to me. But I'm, I never really know how you feel about me. Mm. And I, to add on to that, I would like you to reflect on the other people in your life that may or may not feel the same way. Family is a blessing and a curse. So I will not say you are necessarily blessed to have me as your newfound family. I might say you were cursed a little bit. <laughs> But I do appreciate and understand the relationship we have. And I respect you. I respect you too. And she puts out her hand and she says... To the end of this adventure and the start of the rest of our lives. Très bien. And I reach out and he takes her wing hand. And with a firm shake, you hear the whoosh of wind through the trees and you are gone again. Before you kind of see your surroundings, you smell them. You smell the very familiar scent of wheat grass in the area. You smell different herbs growing. I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> I'm just uh, you probably gonna start bawling right away. <laughs> you smell hay drying off in the distance. Um, and before you even see it, you recognize uh, that you are just off just off your family's farm in the uh, tree line. Kind of, the farm is hazy in the back. You can't really see it. It feels further away than it ever did from the woods. Um, and you're here in a little bit of a clearing in this thicket at the edge. And as you're looking around, you look and see that you are sitting across from Maximilian Lightly. Okay. Your uh, neighbor. Yes who owned one of the neighboring farms and actually helped you out quite a bit in the yes, recent past. Yes, he did. Past. He bailed me out of jail recently. He did <laughs> you know, this you summer. Yeah. Uh, and he says, Oh, Billy. Oh, it's so good to see you again. How are you doing? So good to see you, too. I'm doing okay. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't end up in any more trouble after that uh, little incident we had? Oh, that. Yeah. Maybe a little trouble, but, you know, nothing I need to be bailed out of. Well, that's good, because I was, I was worried about you, kiddo. Like, going on a crime spree after your parents' deaths is a bit over the top. Would we call it a crime spree exactly, Max? 
Billy Brandy Birch, you ended up in jail. For a okay purpose, though. Was it an okay purpose? I mean, you know, let that town was... Let me rephrase it. <laughs> Did the benefits outweigh the costs? Yes. How so? Well, I was able to get that town clean water again, and they were able to, you know, go on. I would have, you know, I would have done my time in general. Right, but in doing so, you... Kiddo, you wiped out, like, a large population of the area's woodland critters. You flooded it. The flood, the rush of water that you sent, undid some of the banks because the rush of water was so strong and so sudden it undid some of the banks and flooded some family farms. Those families didn't eat for weeks. They had to get what their neighbors could give them. So yeah, you restored clean water to the town, but you did quite a bit of damage. Yeah, I guess I kind of blocked those things out sometimes. Is that okay to do, do you think? You know, probably not, Max. I'd say that, like, Billy, like, is kind of, like, hearing this again and, like, you know, in general, like, had kind of, like, forgotten about that narrative in a way and, mm -hmm. like, in light of everything that's happened recently is kind of, like, looking at it with, like, a lot of a new perspective. Yeah. He kind of says, I guess I want to ask, do, would you... Do you think you'd make the same choices again? Let's let's talk about when you were in Neustoria and you went to that power grid and with the goal of shutting down that portion of the grid, you killed some technicians, you killed a couple mages. Did you know you also released some arcanic runoff into the canal? You I, hurt those people who relied on that power for safe water, cool air, storing food. Did you think about that? You know, I didn't really think about that. I was more so just thinking about the people I was trying to help in that resistance in general. How, Max, mm -hmm. how do you know about that? I have been keeping tabs on you, kiddo. And I think it's safe to say that maybe you didn't have the full perspective when you were performing those actions. But I think it is safe to say that. I know, I know it was coming from a good place in your heart. You wanted to restore what was lost. You wanted to help out in like the greater scheme of things. But let me ask you, knowing now that even though your cause was noble there were immediate consequences that did a bit of harm, would you do it again? Same way. I think that I would still try to help the resistance, but I think I would do it a different way if I had the choice again. That's not what I'm asking. <laughs> if you knew that things would play out the exact same way, would, would I do it? Would you do it again? No. How come? Because I think I act a 
too too rashly and that's always been what Rosie and Hogarth like told me in general it's the brimfire in me and I always wanted to just do the things they taught me and like just try to really embrace the druid nature but I have too much fighter left I don't think there's any such thing as too much fighter kiddo I don't think it's a matter of denying who you are and what's important to you I think it's great that these things are important to you and that you want to be there and you want to help I think it's great too the passion is great but the rashness the acting impulsively thing is not great right and I think here's what I'll say what's important is that you recognize that every action comes with consequence even if you are trying to do your very best. If you want to pick flowers for your mom on your way home from the market and you pick a big bushel of them, there's some bees that are not going to go back to the hive with pollen that day. Does the benefit outweigh the cost? And is that what's important? Billy is like, can I like perceive max of course i would like to like just look for familiar like familiarity like Mm -hmm. you know 18 he's the same man who bailed you out of jail uh earlier this year but he is cleaner he's got less lines on his face his hair is a little more kempt he's wearing nicer clothes he just looks better than the Mil- Maximilian Lightly, if you know, in person. There's like a bit of a, like an ethereal glow around him almost. Okay. I would say, I don't know, it's a tricky question. Let me say this. Not everything is black and white. That is true. There's so many gray tones that come along with trying to walk the path of what you believe is best, what's in your best nature, what's in everyone's best interest. Yeah. Do the benefits outweigh the cost. Don't let that be, don't let that be your motivation. If you deem, if you think you've looked at every perspective of a situation and you say, yes, I am going to shut down this toxic plant that is doing a lot of damage, but in the process, people are going to die. Don't say, yeah, okay, those people are going to die. Say, I will do everything in my power to make sure those things don't happen. Okay. And if they do... I am remorseful for that. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm vibing with this, yes. Because, and I'm being, I'm being very lean, lenient with you here. Actually, I don't want to say it that way because I'm not, I'm being very upfront with you in particular because I know you. I know, I've seen, I've seen where your passion comes from. And I've seen the blinders you have on. And I think it's a long time, too little, too late, long time coming for someone to say this to you. But I think taking this now 
it's really going to influence your future endeavors. Thank you, Max. Of course. He and puts I, his hand out. I hug him. Oh, yeah. He wraps you in a big hug. And you smell, uh, you smell the like old sage on him uh, from working in his garden all day. And with that smell and the kind of brush of wind through the farm, you find yourself disappearing again. Oh, my God. Mido, you you hear the very familiar sounds of forms being run in a room far down the hall. You hear the sound of bow staff practice out in the courtyard and the smell of cared for old wood being walked on. And as you kind of see around you after hearing and smelling all of this, you find yourself in one of the training rooms of the Dwarven Monastery that you spent years in. And as you're looking around, you come and look back and find yourself sitting across from your master, Grimrig Goldmite. I give him a little bow. He bows right back. And he says, good to see you again, son. Yeah. How? Uh, yep. You seem, are you all right? You seem confused. I'm uh, not time traveling because otherwise you wouldn't be talking. That's true. So do you know where I am? We're in the monastery, kiddo. Yeah. By way of portal? Who's to say? Listen, I just wanted to check in with you and make sure that everything's going all right for you. Well, yeah, like, for me, personally, yeah, but, uh, like, the fabric of time and stuff, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I did hear that you've got a lot on your plate. I've, I, I sympathize with you. That's a lot to be going through. Heard from who? I have my channels. Oh. But you're alive. Oh, yeah. We just, right. we just saw each other back in the Dragon Coast. Okay, all right. right. Listen, I, I, I just wanted to say, I um, I know we talked about it a bit back then, but I do wish I heard from you more. I wish that, uh, well, I guess, honestly, I wish you hadn't run away without saying something <laughs> to your old man, but um, I can't, I can't blame you because it is in your nature. It's the only time you've been sad I didn't say something. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> Listen, Mido, you make a lot of assumptions. You recognize that? I could see what you mean. You assumed we didn't like you, and you left, and it damn near broke my heart. You assume people are going to hurt you before you even introduce yourself and you A, miss out on new, you know relationships and B well kiddo, you probably hurt them too thinking there's something 
wrong with them that you don't want to interact with. Yeah. You're right. Have you ever thought about it that way? No. But now I am. Thank you, Sensei. I don't want you to take this as a way of me critiquing you because that's only going to lead to more of this behavior from my perspective. Yeah. I just want you to think about think about it like this. Leaving home, leaving all those wood elves behind was an action. You did it because you had you know, justified belief that you were better off out of there for yourself and for them. But you have not thought about the fact that actions have consequences. And the consequences of that are the people that did care about you who fell by the wayside because you cared more about the people who were disliking you. And because you do that, you project this sort of disdain on yourself from everybody around you. So I just want you to think about the fact that all of the actions that you've made, whether for yourself, for others, for the world at large, they had, they had consequences. And I really want you to steepen those consequences for a second before I ask you, knowing that, knowing that you've made mistakes, would you do it all over again the same way? Uh, well, I would love to do a lot of things differently, but I also would be afraid of changing the way that things worked out, because there's a lot of stuff I like about my life now. So, let me ask you another question. Because that's a perfectly fine answer. I think that that's a respectable answer. But I want to know, do you hold that with you, that remorse for those things? And will you let it inform your future actions? Um, I'm going to try to be more reflective and less documentative. Because <laughs> of the whole book thing? Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that too. So listen. So let's let's talk about this. When you when you fought those folks to save your friends in the future. Oh yeah. You fought the folks holding them captive. Did you think about the fact that those people have a family? Whoa. Like it wasn't like you were fighting a bunch of monsters. I mean, people who capture people to kill them are monsters, obviously, but... Yeah, plus they were cops. <laughs> they were people who go home every night to a wife and kids, to a mother and father, to yeah. brothers and sisters. And now those brothers and sisters just have to live knowing that some guy who can run on walls and, you know, jump 50 feet in the air killed their paw. Yeah. Would you still do it again? Same outcome, same consequences. But... You, you talk all this talk about nobility. Yeah. And with that nobility comes the knowledge that 
actions have consequences. How do true noble fighters deal with that? Yeah, but they, the, uh, I don't know how to fight my way through to, to a guy like the public servant without, you know, breaking a few eggs. Who's to say there is a way? You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, how does one still go about pulling something off that they know in the long run will create goodness will stop suffering will you know what i mean will prevent yeah. further pain even though the actions they must take to reach that goal will cause people pain how do you deal with that i guess you can't can't really take any joy in it because that makes you a kind of a bad guy in, in a way too that is a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Of course, you can feel satisfied that you pulled off this goal and that because of your actions, many people will see a brighter future. Yeah. But it's important that you think about the fact that even though their best interests are in mind, you are creating some suffering in the moment. Yeah. That morality, that remorse, that's what's important here. Yeah, I, I should keep that closer to the front and ahead of the other stuff. I think so too. Listen, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And I really think that you are going to go on to do some truly amazing stuff. Keep that head straight on your shoulders, all right? Thank you, Sensei. And he gives you a bow. Oh, he did the thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you as you see him bow and come back up, you disappear once again. You all find yourselves reappearing, now readjusting to this bright, kind of like hazy area, and you find yourself standing on this large stone platform, kind of beautifully cobbled, uh, in front of an enormous pinkish crystal. But instead of this temple around you where you've known this pinkish crystal to be, there are seven other crystals of varying sizes, varying shapes, and varying colors. And they all kind of semicircle around this giant stone chalice that's got this glowing kind of misty, hazy water bubbling up from it. And standing over this chalice are Talos and another guardian. And Talos looks up and she's like, oh, welcome back. Where are we? Where were we? Where were we? What's up? Okay, so right now we're in an idiom. 
Hey! This is the arrival, the arrival yeah. island. And you kind of see around you through the haze and the clouds. You are on a floating island among many floating islands, all of varying sizes. Um, the arrival island itself is huge, ornate cobblestone disc floating in a misty dawn sky. Uh, there are uh, other floating outcroppings of land varying in size, color, season, material, and so on. In general, the area seems almost dormant. Uh, and yeah, Talos is standing over this chalice looking at you at the end of the platform. Uh, what does the other guardian look like? Uh, she's a white bird, uh, kind of like maybe almost like a morning dove. Mm. Uh, and she's wearing this sort of like cream cloth as a robe. And she's looking over it and she's very, you can't really read her facial expressions, much like Talos when you first yeah. met her. Um, how far away are we? You're at one end of the platform. You're maybe 50 feet off. Okay. Who's your friend? Oh, this is the this is the watcher guardian. Her job is to watch the arrival platform um, for pe- for like incoming calls and for people arriving. Did you guys know that the crystals are they're a gate to an idiom? So oh, well, they were a gate to something. Yeah, no, I saw that. You because you're mortals, you get to go through a trial to get in here. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to like deter people from using the crystal to get to an idiom, but if you actually get through the whole of the trials, they let you in because, you know, the watcher guardian deems you capable. Oh thanks, girl. Unless I put a good word in. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> um JP approaches the chalice. Yeah, it's cool. It's bubbling. There's no image in it now because no one is coming through the ch- the mm. the gates, but it's pretty cool. Dip a finger in and like taste it. It's disgusting. This water is a millennia old. <laughs> Your soup is very bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you would try that. Wow. Call back to fucking Otto in the Harmony Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> yup. God, I missed that guy. That, actually, <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. So yeah. So we're in the celestial plane now. We just have to go find Tempest. We know where okay. he is. The Watcher Guardian kind of perks up and, and she's like, he's usually in his um domain. Each of the gods has their own domain. It's like a world within a world. They rule it oh. supremely. The Guardians who have um, like an afterlife to oversee, that afterlife sits within their domain. Mm. It's like a worlds in worlds situation here. So, like, because you can't fly, do you have another mode of transportation to get there? I could jump super high. I point at Talos. Oh, yeah, no, I can probably do it. You could carry all four of us? No, I imagine that if my watch can get me to the loom, now that we're here, it'll probably get me there. See, I was going to say one after the other, like a little bird taxi. That sounds (laughs) so tiring. Yes, no, it doesn't sound good. It would work. It would work. But it would be bad. Might take us a while. Also, I don't really like the idea of leaving you alone in Tempest's domain. Yeah. Sorry, me specifically or everybody? Any of you. Is Tempest as chill as your friend the Watcher? Or, you know, I can't say I remember. What do you say, Watcher? 
I don't- I haven't talked to him in a while. They kinda... The gods don't really come out much of their domains anymore. I actually- Now that I think about it, I haven't seen a god... In like five-ish? Five-ish hundred years, maybe? Wow. Are you sure listed around? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're the watcher! I watch the- the things, the we're gates. Just gonna, we're gonna go Who to an empty the other office. Direction? <laughs> That's, I cannot wait to get to Tempest's domain and it's just like an empty house that hasn't been swept. <laughs> <laughs> the little dust shape of furniture is yeah, still right. there. <laughs> A broom just on the floor. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know if you'll find him there, but it's a good place to start. Indeed. Tedos? Yeah! Oh, right. Uh, and she pulls her watch out, um, and she opens it, and she's like, I hope this works! And you see another one of those big clock faces, eight feet in diameter, kind of swirling with the uh, arcane ruin, the celestial ruins, runes, four hands ticking across it, and she steps through, uh, and then she pokes her head back, and she's like, yeah, this is it! Okay! Do you sound worried? No, it's just, it's not what I expected it to look like. Okay. Have you ever been here before? No. Well. Probably. I don't remember. <laughs> all right. Let's see it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, and you all step through. So you all find yourselves in a plane that kind of disorients you. There's this sort of collapsing castle off in the distance, but poking up through the clouds and the misty haze are the tops of dead trees. And in the distance, the sky is hung in a perpetual sort of dawn with oranges and pinks and blues. And up through this mist crop up towers that are both dilapidating and rebuilding themselves. And it's sort of this like strange concept of time meeting all in one place. This is like, this is the meeting place, the birthplace, and the origin of time. And uh, you are standing here uh, looking up at this enormous castle on the horizon. Is that where Tempest lives, Talos? Yeah, probably, I'm guessing. Yeah, so... it's probably the castle and not like the duplex. No, yeah. I don't think that if you're a god, you would choose the, you would choose the best place in your domain, I'm guessing. This makes sense. So, yeah, let's go. Uh, and she starts walking. Is it like... The castle is on ground. Nope. It, it, you, how can't, are we... you can't see ground. You yourselves are standing on cloud right now. Oh. Is it bouncy? Do my hooves make sound on the cloud? No. A little. It's a little bouncy? It's a little bouncy. No sound. Okay. Try a jump. Follows Talos. Yeah. Try you, a high jump. You jump pretty high. high. Maybe maybe Was like 5% higher than five? you would otherwise because oh. the ground is a little bouncy. Try a flip. It's pretty good. Cool. You guys want to skip? Anybody want to skip? You guys want to skip? I'm going to stick to walking. I will walk. Okay. 
Skip. Skip a little. <laughs> I'll skip. Uh, and yeah, you guys walk for a while. It's sort of strange, the stillness of this area. There's no wind. There's no change in pressure. There's no... It feels almost like there's no moisture in the air, even though you know you're walking through clouds. It's it's kind of... None of it really makes much sense. And as you approach this castle, it is utterly enormous. Not even in the fact that it's just, it's huge, it's many thousands of rooms, but in the fact that it looks like it was built for someone 80 times your size as you approach. And as you walk into the big main open doors that are decrepit, you, you find yourselves in this sort of great hall that leads in all different directions. And then at the end of the hall is this sort of grand staircase that leads down. Can we... Is this bird going to be Big Bird? Probably. No, like the yellow bird? Oh, no, I don't know who that is. Visually? Can it be? You could picture whatever you want. It's a theater of the mind. You can read everyone else, too. You can make whatever assumptions you want before we meet Tempest. As long as we talk like Big Bird. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) I can't do a Big Bird. Are the stairs, like... They usable to us? I mean, like, if it's that so, much bigger, it's is it like scaling down like a thirty foot face? So it is a large face, but in those there are regular size stairs that oh, lead okay. down. So it's kind of like a long platform stairs, long platform stairs for you. For a much larger being, it would just be stairs with a bit yeah. of like a curve. Okay. Shall we descend? I don't like this, but yeah, yeah. we'll descend. Uh, yeah, Talos goes marching forward, and you find yourselves walking down these stairs for a long time before you come to, God, I don't even know how to describe this, just like a great, enormous room. It seems to be like a large spanse of underneath the castle. There's these ornate columns coming down everywhere these sort of curtains hung in areas so it's a bit hard to see in and around but you all see a very very prominent golden and like cyan light emanating from the depths of the room we can't see the source Mm-mm. it's just sort of coming yeah. from somewhere there's like there's like almost like tree roots coming in here mm. from outside and stuff like that very overgrown can we see a path forward, or is it going to be, like, navigating? Uh, there's definitely, like, a large main area that seems like there's less stuff. Like, most of the stuff is pushed up to the left and the right. Oh, okay. The light is, like, we are drawn to it. It is repulsive to us. It is just a light. It's Can we perceive just a light. the light? It almost, it almost seems like you're seeing golden, golden hour light at the same time as a hazy blue dawn light. Like, just cool. before a sunrise, that cool blue kind of hue everything has. Yeah. It's like those are happening at the exact same time. Okay. You guys want to go towards the light? Yes. Got to Mm-hmm. Onwards, Talos. Yeah, she leads forward. Though she is walking confidently, she seems very <laughs> unsure and very nervous. Um, but she continues walking forward, and you walk through patches that are like there's standing water here from years of just neglect 
there's trees growing in and like gnarled roots meeting each other and creating these strange landscapes down here in this enormous chamber. Um, and you, you come past a few more of these large swaths of sheer fabric to find yourselves standing at the foot of this un unbelievable altar, almost. And standing in front of that altar is a huge, humong unfathomably humongous being with their back to you, wearing this midnight blue cloak kind of like intricately laden with golden details and a hood up over their head and their back is to you and they're kind of almost like floating on a cloud above the ground and this this enormous blue blue lit disc in front of this creature through which you cannot see what they are looking at but they seem to be fully encaptured in what they're looking at through the disc should we bow do we bow you guys want to bow? I don't think it cares whether we bow or not. I'm gonna bow. I'm gonna go ahead and bow. This... I will reluctantly take a knee. Uh, JP yells, Hey! Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, and you hear your voice echo off of the expansive walls off in the distance, like a long echo. It takes so long for it to come back to you. And you hear the, the rush of the sound of this fabric, this just like unbelievable amount of fabric it must be on this person, like brushing against itself as it turns. Sounds almost like a waterfall to you as it turns its head and you see a long slender blue beak turn and it looks down at you all and its eyes glow with the same sort of cyan that's lighting up this altar and it looks down at you all and just sort of surveys you for a second almost confused JP waves and then it <laughs> it lays eyes on Talos who is nearly quaking and she doesn't kneel, she takes a couple steps forward and looks up at him. And she says, Tempest! What the hell? And he looks JP's down. Like, yes. He looks down and she, he's like, Talos. Time already? And his voice echoes and booms. So it's kind of soft and airy, it's deep and full, uh, and it, it echoes and rolls off of the, the surrounding area, and she looks up and she says, time for what? Time is ruined. You have to fix it. Where have you been? And he sort of looks around for a second and contemplates that, and he says, I've been here, maintaining the birthplace of time. As I always have been and always will be. And she says, no, you have to do your job. Things have gotten destroyed. I don't understand why you didn't know and why you haven't fixed it yet. And he sort of turns back to the altar and continues doing what he was doing before for like too long to be still engaged in the conversation. Mm. What does Talos do? She just sort of turns around at you all, like, we should have brought 
pops and echo with us so you could have a bigger union. (laughs) I have as much of a union as I need right here. JP steps near Talos and yells hey again. Uh, and you see him just barely turn his beak over his shoulder, like he's like he's listening. Uh, and JP yells, I don't think you quite understand what Talos has told you. Which is weird, because you're a god, so you kind of should. <laughs> uh, yeah, she says, yeah, listen! And the, the tone of her voice sparks off of the walls, and he turns a little quicker this time and really, like, looks down at you all, engaged. And he says, You listen, little one. I created you. You do the job. I stay here. Hey, Tempest! (laughs) You see his eyes dart to you. We had to go through a trial to get here. And in that trial, I feel like I came to a realization that, you know, we have to, you know, own up to, like, the consequences of our actions in general. How do you square the fact that you have left us all, that we have to hurl our bodies up here to fucking talk to you? Yeah. There is a man who is literally tangled in the, in the loom, in Talos's loom. And he has somehow brought himself up here because no one's paying attention. Make an insight check. Everybody or just Billy? If you would like to, you totally can. 15. Nine. It's 15. So 15. 15. 15, nine. No, I was nine. Nine. What were you, Ellie? Three. Um, Billy and Mido. For a moment, it seems like he's considering that sincerely before it it seems like you see, and because his eye is so huge, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough, almost an eye roll. <laughs> oh! And he, uh, he just sort of sits there waiting to hear the rest. I rescind my bow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you both stand and you're standing your ground. I would say I definitely stood to shout. Oh, all right. Because. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and Talos is like, what are we supposed to do if the factors that have induced the current situation require the touch of a god and you, the god, don't want to do your job anymore? And he sort of chuckles at that. And that chuckle is like, almost like a brush of air on all of you because he's looking down at you. And he says, it was never my intent to continue to help you do your job. That is what you are here for. I hate this guy. If you didn't think that you could continue your duties in solitude like the rest of us, Hey, why didn't you? Dude, she's doing her job. She's been doing her job. Everybody needs help now and again, dude. Yeah, me doing my job is me coming here telling you to unfuck the shit. 
Hell yeah. yeah. I give her a little high five. I give her one of, you know when you like. She puts her wing back. Yeah, like upside down. Like for a, a low. For a upside down high five. Yeah. Um, and he sort of chuckles and he says, Ha, you've collected quite a rowdy group of mortals. And she says, Rowdy? You ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. These motherfuckers. Okay. Oh, oh. Tatos, that's, all right. All right. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> there's a time to hype and there's a time to humble. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You ground me. Thank you. <sighs> Took like 20 damage back there. Used up like five key points. Well, listen, Tempest. If you don't want to do your job anymore, but the world still requires your intervention and for the material plane to continue existing, a god's powers need to be used. How the fuck do you think that I should rectify this? You seem so bored of doing your job. And he sort of like straightens his back and stands at his full height for a moment and looks off over one shoulder, kind of at nothing. And in the silence, you hear the whir of this altar, and you kind of you kind of hear what you. I don't know how to describe it other than like time existing and coming to an end, passing, not passing, all of this. And he says. Do you think you can do a better job than me? She's kind of choked up for words. She doesn't know what to say. Yes, she right now. can. She could try. Then let her. Then let her. Then let her. And he smacks his hand down on her. And there's this kind of flash of blue light as she disappears beneath his enormous feathers. I have a feeling we're going to turn her into a god. And then he raises his hand, and as he raises it, you see her grow to the height of him with his hand, and he takes it back, and he looks up at her and nods, and he says, I'll check in in another millennium. And then he is he our size now? Did he shrink while she grew? Nope, he oh, stayed damn. the same okay. size as her. Um, but you can see him. that kind of like aura of cyan is waning around him, and he twists his cloak around him, and disappears into a bunch of blue crows, and they float off past the giant disc. Did you see the CEO get out of his fucking trial by promoting someone? <laughs> that was wild. That's the um, Tatos? <laughs> Kaiju Talos! Yeah! Oh, I thought know? her voice was gonna uh, change. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you omnipotent? Do you know everything? Give me a second. Oh, it's updating. It's I get a big it. change. Yeah, she's gotta update BIOS. I can tell that I understand more, but know everything? No. No, that's too bad. See, even the gods don't know everything. She kind of like kneels down to you to be a little closer on your level. Um, and she says, God, I don't think I'm going to be able to leave here for a little while. Yeah, I heard millennia. So. That's okay. You can fix everything now. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely do that. I can definitely fix the loom. But. Uh, 
Okay, so... You look like you have bad news. No, I don't have bad news. I'm just trying to parse things through. So, the last, other than the loom, which I will be fixing, and I will be trapping Goliard in there forever, so he has to carry mm. out my duties. Ooh, well, oh, that... Okay, here's my reasoning. You seem, you seem skeptical. Yeah, huh? that's just, I listen, I'm a, I'm a shitty guy, I do bad things sometimes, but that seems like excessive. He'll be fine, he won't age, he'll never hunger. He won't, you know, he'll, yeah. it'll suck for him, but listen, yeah, this, he but did a he bunch of time crime. What if this he, is true. What if he tries to do like a cat's cradle to make his wife not die? Yeah, like what if like you brought her spirit back or something to keep him company? Okay. I really didn't want to be the one to break this to you. You cannot undo things that have happened in the past. Okay, that's mm, fair. Fine. That the way makes sense. There's no, like, diverting timelines. It's one tapestry that continues to grow. But he tangled. What about a cat? What? <laughs> could you give him a cat? A grief cat? I could possibly give him a grief cat. Okay. okay. No, I could. I can live with that. I'll check in again in maybe a hundred years and see if he deserves a grief. Yeah, wow, that's okay. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. That's the job of a god. Gods, am I right? <laughs> so the only other outstanding thing that needs to be taken care of is the public servant, because the public servant we now know has a means of transporting through time. They've done a bunch of time crime, and they don't belong in. New story up. It's yeah. not their original time, so you all might want to take care of that. Gee, I wonder uh, who the public Talos, servant is. I'm so sorry to say this, but uh, as the god of time, you do feel better equipped to handle that than us. I unfortunately cannot bring myself to intervene divinely until I get this whole fucking place back up and running. I am, will call me one of one of the bigger gods now because thank you you know what it's time i got a promotion yeah in a long time so i'm gonna kick these assholes into gear i'm gonna get some of that stuff up and running maybe make things a little better down your way if you guys could take care of that i can give you this and she reaches out a hand and just very gently touches each of you with the tips of her feathers on the tops of the heads and she says, I dub you the champions of the god of time, Talos. And you all feel yourselves ignited with this sort of spark of radiance in your hearts. Ooh, uh, and you have her divine blessing, which mechanically means that as we level up after this session, in addition to your level up, you can each take a level of either cleric or paladin. Oh, shit. Neat. So she Thank says, you. I give you this blessing as my way of intervening before feeling it necessary. And you can use my blessing and power to go forth and unfuck the fucks. Thanks. So happy. I'm okay. so glad you guys taught me how to swear. You're really good at it now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is true. How You're getting pretty cool, um, Talos. How do we leave? Also, how do we move through time? Oh, I'll send ya. Oh. Actually, here. Where? Let me give you this. I'll send you back to where we came from. I'll send you back to the temple so you can collect your many Ah. things, do your many stuffs. Yes. And I'll give you this. And she reaches behind herself and plucks out a feather. Oh, And, like, very gently 
offers it down at the ground for you to take. Is it huge? It is 15 feet long. <laughs> it's one of the smaller ones, but it. it's like the length of your arm. Yeah. Is. Hell yeah. Her like down under coat. Yeah. So, Talos. Yeah. We have to take care of the public servant back from our timeline where we came from, right? No, I. we can't... Um, you can't go back and change the past. Unfortunately, he did already travel through time, so you're going to have to just nip it in the bud where he is now. Where he is now. So that means we go he... to the future. Yeah, you're going to be going to New Storia. Hell yeah. So that'll drop you... Uh, in the last place, we were with the Red Ravens, because that's the last place I was, so it'll be the easiest for me to pinpoint and get you there safely. Gotcha. And then we'll see, we'll all hang out again later, or are you just gonna... Oh, I really hope so, but I don't know, maybe I'll find a way, but I don't have high hopes, Mido. Listen. I'll bring you a fish sandwich. You're a god now. I would love that. Almost unlimited power. Stretch it. See what you can do. I'll see what I can do. These motherfuckers weren't playing by any rules. Who's to say I have to? We are your champions. You're in charge now. Exactly. So good luck. It's been... Hey, I'm sure we'll see each other again. But just in case, this has been the best few months of my entire life. Oh, Telos. I want to hug her. Giant form. Yeah, you go over. You I'm hug gonna her hug her, giant little, her gross little bird foot. Yeah, <laughs> wrap my arms around her tree trunk size. She nasty scoops little you thing. all up in her enormous hand oh. and brings you close oh. to her. Oh. Her cheek. She feels incredibly uncomfortable. No, it's crazy. It's insane. It's insane. It's like you can... I feel like I'm the only character here who's like. I'm oh, sorry. No, do you not oh, understand no. what the fuck is going on right now? You yeah. can feel the static of all time rushing past you in her in her being as she scoops you up. Remember that time the 200 foot bird time god grabbed us in a hand and held us to her bird breasts? (laughs) Good luck. Good luck my champions. I hope to see you again. And she puts you in one hand, flips the watch open with another. And she, it opens a portal that she just sort of like scoops past you. And as it rushes past you, you all rematerialize in the temple. We're champions. You are champions. And that's where we'll end tonight. My goodness. What a good session. It's your DM, Jamie. Just a heads up, there are only three more episodes left in this season of Attempted Adventure, which is incredibly bittersweet. If you've enjoyed this season and have anything to ask us as we wrap it up, we would love to answer your questions when we sit down to do our final table talk. You can send us questions by tagging us on Twitter, emailing us at attemptedadventurecast at gmail.com, filling out the form at the bottom of attemptedadventure.com, or leaving a comment on one of our newest Instagram posts. We are at AAdventureCast on Twitter and Instagram, and we so look forward to hearing from you about this campaign. We put a lot of love and goofiness into it, and we hope you've heard that in every episode. 
As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I can't wait for you to hear the final few episodes of this season. And as always, friends, I will catch you in the next one. Bye.